Hello and welcome back to the Live Big Podcast with me, Ananda. And we are well into February of 2023. So I'm so happy to be back. And today we're gonna jump into um, value of self as well as feeling into the comfort of contrasts. So grab a tea and let's dive in. Welcome back everyone. It's been a while and I have felt the call to come back to share some messages that I have received just recently and these are some balancing questions for you I would say for you to just check in to your sacral chakra or your solar plexus and your root of how and who you are feel you are um, and how you feel uh, personalized with some of the choices that we make within whatever discussions we feel aligned in in terms of spirituality or um, everyday life whether that is leaning into spirituality or away from spirituality Um, I think that there's a balance there so in terms of diving into that where do you feel you are on that spectrum right now because i know that i have you know swung that pendulum onto others either side within my life extremely um and have come back to somewhat of a balance so um i feel like as you get older you you start to pick and choose the things that you've you've experienced and choose the the things that work for you and that are in alignment for you and hopefully moving with that instead of moving what other people are kind of telling you you should do right and that's that's the theme of today's podcast episode is the power of choice essentially where do i feel aligned in my life and how did i get there we're always going to be changing. I think that's the number one thing to keep in mind is we are always changing. We are always evolving and that it is okay to change your mind at any time in your life. Um, this is something that has just recently, you know, come to me and, and I've had to really learn to embrace that because I think if we learn, if we live by religious principles, we tend to give ourselves a guilt trip when we go against our beliefs or we go against not necessarily our beliefs but against what society believes we should do right and so i've always questioned this concept of who is truly in alignment is it the people that live by you know the spiritual concepts or is it the people who are just truly in alignment with who they know they are and in that we start to look at these views of acceptance and fully fully embracing of oneself one's darkness so that it can fully be healed so i want to talk a little bit about the power of choice and this is an energy in the second chakra which helps us evolve beyond the collective energy of the tribe 
right? So this is what sets us apart, sets us apart from society. How do I feel about certain things? How do I feel about this? What is my opinion? And what is my my personal code of integrity? So choice is born out of opposites. And so this is why we have to dive into our contrasts. Where have I swung the pendulum in my life extremely? Where What have I experienced on either side of the pendulum? This means being, for me, example, being super, super aware and conscious and I guess diving deep into what society deems a spiritual lifestyle and the opposite of that, what society deems the opposite of a spiritual conscious lifestyle as well. And then coming back into the balance of that and figuring out what is that balance. And the duality of the second chakra is forever challenging us to make choices in a world of opposing sides, of positive and negative energetic patterns. So every choice we make contributes to a subtle current of our energy um, to our own world, our own universe, which is responsive to the influence of human consciousness. So managing your own power of choice, what is that? Um, this is this includes like its creative and, and spiritual implications. It is the essence of the human experience, your choice, your power of choice. So all spiritual teachings are directed towards inspiring us to recognize that the, um, the power to make choices is the dynamic that converts our spirits into matter, our words into flesh. So choice is the process of creation itself and the creation of one's true self. What is that? And we can constantly go back to re, repainting, redoing this creation of art that we call our life. At any moment, we can choose something different. And for me, that has you know come up recently of a you know a change of heart in a certain area in certain areas of my life a change of direction a a change of focus a change of beliefs in many ways and and remember i'm always challenging the mainstream line that's just you know if we're talking about who we feel we are that's who i feel i am constantly challenging what somebody tells me something is because in the end you know if anybody's had a plant medicine journey or kundalini awakening spiritual awakening in these ways we start to understand that we know nothing so who's to say what is right who's to say what is wrong your reality might be your reality but that doesn't necessarily mean it's my reality nor does it mean that it is factual or true in any in any concept because i can always challenge your reality. I can always challenge my own reality as well. So in these ways, we don't really want to subscribe to a specific belief system. That could be really challenging your ego and your mind, you know, especially because our primal, it is our primal nature, our number one primal need 
to be part of a tribe. And so we tend to gravitate towards group think and um, certain things like being part of a country, being part of a, a sports team, being part of a spiritual ideal, being part of a, you know, a lifestyle choice that is only of like-minded people. Well, what if we were to challenge that concept as well? And the reason why I bring this up is because, you know, you may find that you will have a a spiritual awakening in in terms of, oh, I found who I am, or I found my purpose, or I found my people, I found my tribe, I found this, I found that. And then one, you know, not maybe one day, but over a course of experiences, start to realize that you are, you have changed again. And that that specific thing that you thought was you or your purpose or your dharma or your people in fact isn't anymore because like the river flows we are constantly changing that is the only constant that we have to rely on i will constantly change that means that i may lose my what i thought was my forever i may lose what i thought was my purpose or my my family whatever it is now this is part of the universe's lesson to give us the understanding that everything is temporary and the only lesson there is in this life is how to love and surrender love how do we love and how can we let love be as it is without controlling it without thinking that we understand it because the universe has no obligation for us to understand it it has no obligation it owes us nothing and so it's constantly asking us to be in awe of everything without trying to understand it now that really does trigger and um, challenge the ego mind because the ego mind wants to analyze and fit everything and everyone in a box so that it can understand it in order to feel safe now that's the that's the reason why we try to label and analyze things because we are constantly trying to reassure ourselves that we are safe and we are respected and when we are respected we are safe and all of these things so when we the more this is why the more we evolve and the more we 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 do come to understand the more we come to understand that we actually know nothing and that we should strive to be in beginner's eyes all the time and this is a, a tough place to be, especially if, you know, for me as a, as a quote-unquote teacher, I guess, or teaching or sharing this, what is it that we share then? Because if everything can be challenged and everything can be questioned and nothing is the true reality, then what is the point of sharing? And this is kind of where I've, you know, very philosophical ideal of like, 
okay we're back to this place you know sometimes people have spiritual awakenings and they ask well what's the point what's the point of striving what's the point of achieving what's the point of anything if none of it actually matters in the end because that's the truth none none of it matters nothing matters in the end and this is why a lot of people who have spiritual awakenings do have um, they struggle they struggle with their reality they struggle with everything they've built the relationships they've built the achievements they've accomplished the um, jobs and titles they've you know attached their name to their identity everything becomes nothing so we have to be willing to go to that place if we're actually wanting a spiritual awakening and so all these people that you know claim that they want that you know sometimes i i i ask you know i don't know if you do because sometimes being oblivious to things is the best way i don't know I, you know and again i don't know i don't know what's right I don't think there is right and wrong. I think that your reality is your own personal, hopefully your own personal heaven that you've created and you can just enjoy that. I think that that in the end is is truly what matters because each of us are just one fingerprint, if you will, coming to life to experience the universe the way that it wants to be experienced in a very personal and unique way. A way that will will not be experienced by anybody else anybody else you know even if you've had a child with a partner and you feel like you're on the same track you're not experiencing that situation in the same way everybody's experiencing life in a very unique and different way so that's the point of life in my opinion <laughs> you know i'm not going to tell you what the point of life point of life is but in my personal opinion, the point of life is to create a life that reflects your own personal heaven. What is that for you right now? And then being open to changing that in the future, that it might change. Your ideals might change. And in fact, that's healthy. That's a good thing. When we change, when we evolve, when we change our ideas about life, that means we're, we are being healthy because we are going with the flow of life. We're not sticking or being hard-nosed on anything, closed off. We are remaining open. And when we remain open, we can truly start to evolve with life and start to truly understand what the pinnacle of life is, which is just existence. So with the power of choice, this comes back, the power of choice when we talk about who I am right now, this is who I am right now. This might not be who I am in a couple years. This is why it's so important to not hang our hat on anything forever. To say something like, anybody who's not a vegan is, is wrong. You're wrong for not being a vegan. You're wrong. And you will always be wrong because that is the wrong way to live. Da, 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 da. So there's a lot of, you know, black and white opinions out there that we tend to side with or, or trust and believe or live our ideals that way. 
But you know what? In a year or two years, you might start to soften a little bit and understand that life is more um, of the spectrum of colors rather than white or black. So this power of choice, the power of choice is really interesting because this is what creates our reality. And the fact that our choices weave our spirits into events is the reason the major spiritual traditions are formed around one essential lesson. So make your choices wisely because each choice you make is a creative act of spiritual power for which you are held responsible. So any choice that is made from a place of faith has the full power of heaven behind it because now we've opened up ourselves as a channel, right? Instead of thinking, I'm going to make the choice from my mind, my ego, my what's going to benefit me most in my life. That's not, nece- that's not what we're talking about at all. That's not what we're talking about at all. Yes, we're looking for contentment. Yes, we're looking for peace. But when we start to open up and let faith guide us, that you know the universe is experiencing itself through us, we are the universe, right? We are that universe. We're just a fragment of it. But opening it up, how does the universe want to experience itself through me? Because The only thing that is separating me from that highest experience is my free will and my ego. So how can I let go of that fear-based thinking that the choices I make need to benefit me? No, they don't. They need to fulfill you. Those are two very different things. So this is why faith the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain and any choice made from fear is a violation of the energy of faith. This is a violation of the energy of faith because we are then separating ourselves from the very creation that made us. So this choice has a mysterious aspect because We will never completely know the full outcome of any choice that we make. We will never know. And a primal lesson of the second chakra is the paradoxical nature of choice. So what seems right can turn out wrong and what appears good can end up bad. Or fragments, right? There are fragments of what seems right could turn out into fragments that are wrong as well. So even when we make a choice that feels in alignment for us fully and completely, like hanging out with a specific crowd or um, changing our career into a different one, we're still going to run into fragments of that situation that aren't in alignment for us. So it's not all going to be, oh, I'm on this beautiful path forward and everything's going to be great for specifically for me when I chose to go into this spiritual community of service and allowing faith to guide me I still run in of course I run into people that you know aren't operating from faith they are operating from fear and they have been attracted to the spiritual community because it is so popular right now it's so trendy right 
and also they're learning it doesn't mean that they're a bad person it just means that they're learning they're on their own journey of learning through experiencing so you know it is cheating because you try to make the right decisions for yourself that are in alignment but then you still run into fragments of what could be good could end up not so great so just when everything is going smoothly chaos breaks things up and that's because energy needs to keep moving as soon as we are in a stagnant energy that's when energy stops moving and things stop changing and when things stop changing that's when things start to stop it stops and when we stop we're not living anymore we're not experiencing life anymore if things stay comfortable or if things or if things don't get broken up by chaos i heard um last month someone say the more difficulties you have in your life equals the amount of people you have in the in your life the amount of relationships you have in your life the amount of things going on in your life when we don't have many of those things going on in our life we have less difficulties but what is worth the other we need to understand that everything worth having comes with difficulty everything worth um experiencing comes with difficulty so paradoxically while the energy of the second chakra inclines us to try to control our lives the lesson of the the sacral chakra is that we cannot be in control fully we have the power of choice but we do not have the power of outcome and so we are physical beings and energy beings but since the physical world cannot be controlled the task before us is to master our inner responses to the external world our thoughts and our emotions so our thoughts and our emotions are not who we are I think that's something that we all need to really understand. They do our thoughts and our emotions can be the fuel or the oil in the engine, whatever metaphor you want to use to maybe dictate our decisions. But our thoughts and emotions are what should be um the thing we can control. Not the outcome of our decisions. our thoughts and our emotions are the things we can control we can learn to control those things but we cannot control the outcome in the physical world so the task before us is to master our inner responses so nevertheless we all struggle in a seemingly never ending cycle of disappointment in which we attempt to control our lives And so we search endlessly for the one grand choice that will put everything in in our lives into a permanent order which halts the motion of change long enough to establish final control over everyone and everything. So a very specific thing to this is like, you know, is that choice the right career, the right marriage partner, the right geographic location? um and these are big decisions because you have to experience them it's your life so are these the deci- decisions that i want to experience 
Um, but when we make those decisions out of fear, that's when we know we're not moving from a place of faith. So this is not going to be the greatest outcome for us. Well, the other thing is, you know, what are the things that I am doing to try and control, um, to put everything in my life into permanent order when nothing is permanent? Am I using things like marriage to try and put things into a permanent order? So... You're trying to seek this one right choice constantly. And then we give form to our fear of the changing rhythm that is is life itself. So you can see these choices being made um, if they're made out of fear. Yeah, changing, um, changing the rhythm of your life as you move forward. Um... We, we can't rely. We can't rely on these external things, right? So this is what we learn over and over and over and over again. It doesn't matter how you come to the answer, whether that's plant medicine, spiritual awakening, through meditation, whatever it is, we always come back to the understanding that looking for this single external person or thing that will forever bring us peace, stability, love, and health, we dismiss the more authentic power that lies behind our eyes, right? So the truth contained within the paradoxical nature of dualism is that it is not what we choose that matters, but our power to influence an outcome that lies in our reasons for making a certain choice. It is not the choice itself. It is the reason behind the choice that matters. This is the key. This is the true key to figuring out your power of choice. Right? So this is the challenge. This is the challenge to learn what motivates us to make the choices that we do. And in learning about our motivations, we learn about the content of our spirits. Um, Am I filled with fear or am I filled with faith? Every choice I make contains the energy of either faith or fear. And the outcome of every decision reflects, to some extent, the faith or fear. So this dynamic of choice guarantees that we cannot run away from ourselves or our decisions. So it's a really ironic thing. And any epiphany that we have is ironic. Any epiphany that we have, any healing epiphany that we have is ironic. Because we only come through we only come to healing when we are not searching for healing. Right? We can do the work of healing. But if we are searching for healing, that means we're searching for a destination. I just want to heal this and get this over so I can move on with my life. You're not going to heal. You are not going to heal with that decision or that feeling because that is rushing through the experience of healing. And the experience and the journey of healing is the part that matters. Not looking for this, I want to heal this and get this over with not even giving yourself a chance in that specific space right so 
we can go through the, the the power of choice in many, many, many different ways, right? Choice with relationships, um, the challenge of managing our creative flow, our energy. Where is that going? Where is that going in my career? Where is that going in my life? Am I using my creative energy only for monetary gain? Um, am I doing it to be of service to the world? Am I filling up my karmic cup? You know, all of these things, the challenge of managing your sexual energy. Where does that go? How am I using that? How am I deciding where to place my sexual energy and when and with who? And when I'm not using it, why am I not using it? Am I using it because I want to be more creative in my life? Am I using it because I I need more um, stimulation, like energetically? All of these things. And, you know... This is where the decisions and the outcomes come from. This is where the outcomes come from. So when we're looking at our trauma, our past trauma, our current trauma, whatever we're going through, this is not due to our decisions. This is due to the outcome of our decisions. Okay, so we don't want to mistake these products that come from our decisions as... as um, you know, that the products of the decisions are the issue. It's not the, the decisions themselves, right? Because the decisions are just decisions. Again, it's not the, the, the um, choice. It's the meaning behind the choice. So what is the energy behind the choice? And then the other choice is, you know, the energy of money. Where am I putting my money? How am I using it? Ethical energy. Where is my code of contact, uh, my code of conduct coming from, my code of integrity, right? Um, the second chakra organs record all our interactions, right? In which we give our word to other people. We make promises and commitments to them um, or accept their promises. And a strong personal code of, of conduct or integrity radiates a perceptible quality of energy. So this part of our biology also records the promises we make to ourselves such as new year's resolutions and other decisions to repattern certain behaviors in our lives so if we're not you know adhering to <laughs> these promises or um these these code of codes of ethics this can weaken this area of our of our of our integrity this weakens it so a big part of the second chakra is uh, strengthening, strengthening our willpower. How am I strengthening my my current willpower right now? And um, yeah, thinking about where am I actually holding space for my my willpower? How am I pushing myself to do the things that are important to me? Not necessarily important to my family, not necessarily important to my children or my partner or anybody else, just to me. What is my own personal code of conduct, right? So, you know, we can actually find our personal power in the second chakra, which is just below our navel, right? So while creativity and sexuality, morality and money are all forms of the second chakra, the desire for personal power also um, is something that we need to remember because the power um, is a manifestation of life force. 
So we require power in order to live. We require this sense of power to live, thrive, and function. So an illness, for example, is the natural you know, outcome of powerless people. So everything in our lives is, in fact, involved in our relationship to this energy called power, our own personal power. And so at the level of the first chakra, we feel a sensation of power when we are with a group of people to who we are bonded in some way, like an electrical current. This gives us our foundation, right? So remember, this is really important. In order to find your own sense of personal power, you still have to have a foundation. You absolutely have, a, have to have a foundation. This means you feel safe where you are. You feel like you have um, internal support and external support around you. If, you know, shit hits the fan, so to speak, you feel like you have a community around you where you feel supported. When we don't have our relationships in place with our family, our friends, you know, not every single relationship has to be perfect, but we feel somewhat stable in that area of our life. We are able to now analyze our, per, our own personal power. So you have that foundation. Now we can go up to the second chakra. And um, we, so we, yeah, we feel a sensation of power. And when we are bonded with people around us in some way this is like an electrical current so the enthusiasm of sports fans or participants in political rallies this unites people and it exemplifies this this type of power right so the quality of power in the sacral chakra expresses this energy in physical forms like materialism authority control ownership sexual magnetism sensuality um and also addiction like how do our addictions manifest in our life because every we all have the tendency to be addicted to something it doesn't necessarily mean that you're addicted to drugs or alcohol or something like or sex it could just be you know smaller things it could be i'm addicted to watching horror films or uh dramatic reality tv i don't know whatever but it's there are addictions there are even addictions to working out there are many different forms of it it's just about where on the spectrum am i with that and how is that being manifested through my sacral chakra because the sacral chakra is expressing this energy in a physical form it's going to show you where you're at with your own personal power and again i'm talking about willpower Okay, so every physical um, seductive form that power can take is energetically connected to your sacral chakra. Where, and this is why we're talking about, I am either coming from a place of fear or I am coming from a place of faith. Really important to have that foundation in terms of the meaning behind your choices what is the meaning behind my choices and that's how we can start to understand um, this seductive form that power can take where is my ego grabbing on to my choices 
where is my ego grabbing onto my choices? So each of us has an individual need to explore our relationship to this physical power, and we need to learn how and when we're controlled by external power. And and if we are controlled by external power, what is the type of power that uh, we are most vulnerable to? This is important, you know, because a lot of us think that, I think... Um, we don't think that we are vulnerable to this that we try to be good people right most of us and trying to be good people are trying to contribute trying to be of service in the best way but we are all vulnerable to some sense of external power so understanding what that is is really going to allow you to have your personal power be balanced in the second chakra be understanding not demonizing of this energy because it's very natural and very normal you know i was talking with my mom last month when i went to go and visit her and i said the most because it just it came through me the most powerful way to heal someone else is to allow them to be who they are and so if you're trying to heal yourself you need to allow yourself to be who you are accept yourself for who you are it is okay and when we can accept ourselves for who we are and understand that from a place of compassion we have the ability now to heal and understand that part of us so we can change it and so this power right this sense of power that we're vulnerable to is the life force and we are born knowing this We are born knowing this fact. From the time we're young, we test ourselves and our capacity to learn, right? What and who has power to attract power and how to use power. So through these childhood exercises, we discover that we have, um, whether we have what it takes to draw power to ourselves, if we do we begin to dream right we begin to dream of what we would like to accomplish accomplish as adults so this is perfect because we're in that season of pisces the dream state the dream season who would i like to be what would i like to achieve or who would i just like to be in this world how would i like to show up in this world and i think that's the the most difficult for me specifically is not what would I like to achieve, but how would I like to be? How would I like to show up in this world? And I I pray and I pray and I pray and I pray over and over and over and over. I want to show up. I want to show up kind. I want to show up peaceful. I want to show up compassionate. That's how I want to be in this world. That's much more difficult than achieving something. So what is your personal power? What do you deem as personal power? Power. To me, personal power is having complete control, managing your reactions, managing your emotions, managing how you um, react to somebody, how they can make you react. I don't give you power. You don't have power over me. I will not react the way that you think I'm going to react. I want to be in a space of peace in my life. It's not about being a rebel. <laughs> it's just about 
hey, I want to be in a, a space of peace in my life because that's what's important to me. So this is really like going deeper into um, how, what do I deem personal power? What is, what does that mean to me? How do I attract it? How do I use it? Um, how do I dream with it in order to become some, become my higher self? I would use those words instead of become something. Um, if we decide like that we are unable to attract this type of life for us, however, we begin living in a type of power debt. So we start to imagine ourselves surviving only through the energies of other people, but not our own. So think about that because especially if you grew up with parents that had these emotional highs and lows you were probably thinking how's mom feeling today how's dad feeling today and then that's going to dictate how i'm feeling today and then you know never learning how to ask yourself how am i feeling today and how do i um, dream and how do i move through this world how do i attract energy so for people who are confident of their ability to attract power Ordinary dreams can turn into power fantasies, right? So in the worst of cases, they may fill their minds with delusions of grandeur. And then the, the, the reasoning mind becomes eclipsed by a desire for power that stretches the parameters of acceptable behavior to include any and all means that fulfills this. this. And so... We are moving through the parameters of our, of our dreams. And that can, that can dictate our own sense of worth our, and our own sense of personal power. What am, how am I able to move through this world? And so there's, there's, you know, obviously the two spectrums, the two, the two um, um, sides of the coin, I guess you could say. But then there's also all the in-between. And so when I first started this podcast, I talked about balance. I talked about balance. And balance is really, really, really important. It's like the number one thing that we're always trying to come back to. Balance. And that's why we have to go into those extremes sometimes to understand them. And this is where we come into the topic of contrasts. I have to go into each contrast to um, have acceptance and appreciation for balance. So it's very natural. It's very natural that throughout our life, throughout our life, we swing that pendulum back and forth, back and forth, back and forth in every single area of our life because we're trying to find the balance of that. People who don't swing that pendulum back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, don't ever find that balance for themselves. They only live the way they're told because they never experienced it on their own. They don't understand what the extremities of it's like. The people who do understand the extremities of life understand what true balance is 
if they can get out of those extremes. Not everybody does, right? But the people that experience both extremes and get out of that start to take what they've learned and they use it to balance their lives. And that's when they start to find peace and contentment and they start to live in service to their higher self because now they're starting to understand, oh, that's not the right way. That's not the right way. This is what's right for me. And I'm going to take the things that I actually feel in alignment with because I've experienced both sides. Okay. So the appetite for power can become an addiction that challenges the will of God. So this is a a place in our, in our bodies that yes, we have the power to create. Yes, we have the power to dream. Yes, we have the power to attract. How are we using that power? And the craving for power, for power's sake alone, is the subject of numerous, 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 you know, uh, scriptures and myths of humans who are ultimately humbled by divine design. And yeah, they get humbled, whether it's, you know, uh, the next day or at the end of their life. You know, everybody hits that wall. Everybody hits that wall where they are humbled. That's why they say everybody prays in the end. Everybody prays in the end. So we have this personal power, but it, but are we using it for the will of God? Are we willing it, using it for the will of faith, not for the will of fear? Because every time we use it for our own benefit, we can be sure that the ego is using it for us, not a, not us, not our spirits. And for all of us, the challenge is not to become power celibate, but uh, to achieve sufficient internal strength to interact comfortably with physical power without negotiating away our spirits. So this is what it means to be in the world, but not of it, right? Be in the world, but not of it. We are fascinated by people who are immune to the seductions of the physical world and they become our our social and our spiritual heroes, right? Like Gandhi or um, (laughs) even characters like Forrest Gump, right? Like we are attracted to these types of people that are of the world. They are um, in the world, but they are not of it. So we have these these mentors already that we can look up to, right? We know who is actually good. We know, like, it's like our hearts recognize that. Our spirits recognize these these heroes of the world who are humbled by God and in service to God and, and have these very, very intense codes of integrity, right? Like, but... It doesn't mean that we have to be perfect, right? Like everybody has a dark side and everybody has a light side. And I always say personally, like this has been my experience, that the lighter, the more light a person can hold, the more darkness they can hold as well. It is just as dark. The darker the night, the lighter the morning. So if you meet somebody that has the ability to hold a lot of light, they also have the capability to hold a lot of darkness. And that darkness could be directed at you at some point. We don't know. We just don't know. And this is why we have to remain open and we can't um, we can't 
look at somebody and put them on a pedestal because we're all human. We all make mistakes. We all have the capacity to hold darkness. We all have the capacity to hold lightness. It depends on the meaning behind it. And this is why we can't punish people either. We can't punish them because it's not about the action. It's not about the choice. It's about the meaning behind it. And when we start to understand the meaning behind the choices, we start to gain compassion. We start to understand. And if we can do this for ourselves at first, we can start to do it for others as well. And this is where humanity is evolving and moving towards is understanding that contrast is necessary. We're, we are on the brink of it. Trust me, we are not there yet at all. I mean, even me talking about this, I understand it, but do I embody it all the time? No, it's really hard. It's really difficult to remain comfortable in contrast. When I'm going through a hard time or I'm going through a dark night of the soul, I'm going through a dark depression, do I embrace it and just be like, oh, you know, everything's fine. I'm just, you know, it is what it is. No, absolutely not. I don't want to feel it. There are moments where I don't want that. I want to push it away and I want to get through it and I I want to get back into the light. But that's why it's called shadow work because we have to start understanding that, hey, if I don't have a bad day, then I can't have a good day. If I don't understand sadness or anger, then I won't understand what happiness is because if I don't know, I can't know one without the other. I cannot know one without the other. If I'm happy all the time, I won't be appreciative of that because I'm experiencing it all the time, right? Things worth having are difficult. Things worth having are difficult. This is really important when we are moving through this. We're moving through this. So um, another internal power. um, Of the self. Uh, is certainly recognized as the ideal, right? In practice, it is less popular than the external power. First, because external power is so much more practical. And second, because internal power is in some, in some way requires giving up our relationship to the physical, physical world. As small as the recognition for something. Like if you need recognition in any area of your life, then you are reaching for external power. And I talk about this a lot in relationships. Our relationships with each other, right? Even with your children. When people who have children, they're constantly posting pictures of them without their children's consent. Or they are constantly uh, posting stories and videos and pictures of their partner without their partner's consent maybe it's maybe their partner did give consent but maybe they didn't give energetic consent maybe they actually don't want that posted and why are we posting things of people sharing it out to the world of these people who are so special to us and so um, sacred these relationships that are so sacred to us and then you know we we post our partners we post this as if we own them as if they're an accomplishment of ours when we don't own them at all. They're not ours. They're not an accomplishment. They're an internal form of power if you keep it sacred. 
But the minute you start marketing it off, promoting it off, this is who I am, this is my identity, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at us, look at our love, this is amazing, you're giving the sacredness of it away. It's the same reason pictures and photos are not allowed in a church. It's the same reason why when people have newborn babies, they rarely post their faces online because of the sacredness of it. So why are we doing this? Why are we constantly looking for external recognition? Ask yourself why. You know, I understand this is a challenging topic. This is a very challenging topic. Why are we constantly looking for external recognition of our accomplishments? Because there's something inside of our sacral chakra that wants it. Our ego is controlling our personal power. And it's not of power at all if you're not being recognized for it. So this is the difference, right? Second, because internal power in some ways requires giving up our relationship to the physical world. And that means giving up your relationship to recognition, to other people's opinions, to your identity and your ego in the world and how people relate to you, letting go of that. And that's really, really difficult. So at this point in our evolution, both as a culture and as an individual, we can recognize recognize that external or physical power is necessary for health. So to some point, yes, right? We come back to this balance. We come back to the balance. Health is a direct consequence of the spiritual and therapeutic principles we absorb into our everyday life. What makes you feel like you're part of society? What makes you feel loved? What makes you feel like you have personal power? What makes you feel like you have personal power? So both uh, spirituality and psychotherapy emphasize that personal power is fundamental to material success and spiritual balance. So it's not about giving up everything. And this is what I'm talking about with the contrasts. It's not about giving up everything. It's not about being a monk in the, in the Himalayan mountains. For some, maybe. Very few. <laughs> Very few. For most of us, it's about finding that balance. What is the balance in that personal power that is fundamental to material success and spiritual balance. And it is involved directly in the creation of our personal worlds as well as our health. I mean, it's as easy as that, really. If you talk about it and you understand it, it's as easy as that. Now, embodying it, integrating it in our every decision, again, awareness is power in itself. If you have awareness, you have power to change. You have awareness, you have power to change your decisions. You have the awareness of the meaning behind them. You can flow from there. But if we don't have the awareness of where, who we are and why we're making the decisions that we are, we don't have that power anymore. And I find a lot of people, you know, they have addictions that they would never tell anybody that they have. This is very dark, 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 dark side, right? Very dark side to them that they would never tell anybody. But they're squeaky clean out in the society, squeaky clean. And um, 
this part is <laughs> uh, dictating their decisions, right? Whether they like to admit it or not, right? So it's like, unless we understand the meaning behind every decision that we make, every action that we make, our addictions, our actions, why we do something good, why we do something bad, we don't have the power to understand our authentic, true nature of personal power and ultimately our code of integrity. So getting comfortable in contrast, what does contrast mean to you? When I say the word contrast, specifically, what does it mean to you right now in your life? Because it could be meaning a lot of different things. It could mean, well, when my career or my job isn't going the way that I want it to go, I want to quit because it's not going the way that I want it to go. I want to quit. I want to run away. I don't want to deal with it. Or my relationship, I had too many difficult conversations, there's things not going my way, it's not lovey-dovey anymore, honeymoon stage is over, whatever it is, I've been married for 20 years, we're not having sex anymore, I want to run away. I don't know, these are examples. <laughs> Choose one. Um, there's many different things. I'm having a sad day, I don't really understand why I want to run away or I want to go to my bed. Um, I think the most empowering thing for me specifically is feeling my emotions as they are without analyzing them because yes they might mean something they might be coming from some situation or some interaction some childhood trauma they could be coming from anywhere but the thing is is that in order to heal and allow everything to pass remember everything passes everything passes so in order to allow that process to happen feeling my emotions as they are without analyzing them allowing 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 not pushing down not running away allowing contrast to to be the medicine that it is because it is medicine contrast is what makes seeds and it's what makes seeds grow in our life I wouldn't have any any of what I have today if I didn't go through the issues that I went through when I was younger. And we all know this. We all know that we have to go through difficult times. I think just on a, a smaller scale now, it's about okay, what am I what am I going through on a day-to-day basis that I still have a hard time embracing or accepting in the contrast of life? Because there will always be that, whether it's small or big. So I wanted to to bring this up today because it was a, a topic that my partner brought up to me um, through a, a video of Abraham Hicks. And uh, although I don't really, I don't always connect to Abraham Hicks uh, messages, I thought this topic was very, 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 very great. It, it was just, it blew me away because it's really important. It was kind of like a, a, a light went off um, and made it very like accessible in terms of the, the light and the dark and the juxtaposition of both or the yin and the yang that we have in our lives. How do I apply this in my life? Instead of just knowing, yes, I have to have sad days and yes, I ha- in order to have good days, I have to have bad days. How do I remain, remain calm? How do I remain calm 
in those dark days. Remain calm because it's going to pass. Everything passes, nothing is permanent. And not to make those, those decisions that we make when we're in those dark times from a place of fear. Because remember, when we are in our darkest of nights, when we are in our darkest of nights, this is potent, nutrient-rich soil for which the Holy Spirit to work upon. Somebody who is comfortable and happy and joyful all the time never drops to their knees and asks for God to use them because they never got to that point. They never were broken. They never got to be broken. And where you break is where the light shines through, my dear. So we have to be able to be humble. We have to be willing to be humble. We have to off but yeah we have to be willing to look at ourselves in order to to really understand so the book that i was um reading from today um in order to kind of support this uh this podcast is called anatomy of the spirit this is a really really great book if you're looking to understand the chakras more and how we can actually apply that energy to our lives It's called The Seven Stages of Power and Healing by Caroline Miss. And she has a PhD, so she um, was a doctor and actually um, started to be able to read read people's um, energy in terms of their illnesses. So she's like a a kinetic medium, but she would um, get messages, like she would hear hear and see messages about people you know if they had cancer or they had aids or they had whatever disease they had she would get these stories about uh, stories from their cellular nature of how that disease became a reality for them what happened to them when they were seven years old they kept it inside they never talked about it. they weren't able to blah, 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 all this stuff and that they held on to it and she has actually had countless, countless stories written about her and how she has um, spoken to people in very detailed, um, detailed uh, connections. How um, the spirit guides talk to her. They talk to her about the person's uh, life. And people are blown away by her because she, because she knows things about their life that they wouldn't share with anybody um for instance you know one guy had uh aids and you know he he was gay right and uh never told his dad and his dad came came to her to you know it was kind of like a last resort thing um and uh yeah she basically laid it out like you haven't been honest about who you are as a person you've held this in forever and unfortunately that starts to to deteriorate deteriorate your physical anatomy right from your spirit because when we don't accept certain things about our past we don't accept certain things about 
our darkness it actually can manifest manifest and eat away at us and turn into something physical so she actually works with the physical outcome of these diseases and then she's she is told by spirit how to heal them but she's also remember she's also a doctor so this is something that really challenged her in the beginning because she has a scientific mindset and so trusting these voices and trusting this this situation she is in in terms of being a channel was very difficult uh it was very challenging for her and now um she's she's known all over the world for her healing abilities and and uh, you know when she talks to people about healing she's she does not fluff fluff it up for them you know she makes it very clear you know you you need to do certain things you have to have a um recipe of things that you do to heal you have to be devoted to your practice you know when it gets to the physical manifestation of disease you it's up to you it's up to you how um, devoted you're going to be to that healing practice right no alcohol no smoking cigarettes going to therapy three times a week or four times a week exercising a minimum of two hours a day or a minimum of an hour a day um, only eating foods that are fresh uh, making sure that you are um um, doing shadow work, journaling, doing all the things, right? That make sure we are in a psychotherapy um, lifestyle that is benefiting and, and feeding the body, nourishing thoughts, nourishing energy, moving through life so that we can actually heal. And all, you know, all the stories that are in this book anyways are successful. And then... This, her spirit guides started to guide her to where these where the energy is stored in the body and so she is a huge believer in the chakras because that's the main place that the spirit guides guided her to where these emotions are stored in the body and how they can actually be used for personal gain like in terms of um, health and wellness and how they also work against the body so the chakras are these spaces that can work with the body or against the body anyways i don't want to give you too much information but yeah pick up this book if you're interested in like a really really interesting story about kinetic medium healing and also um great application of awareness of our emotions and how they're stored in the body and how they can actually we can actually work with the chakras in order to apply this energy and i actually use this book in my chakra certification um, for people all the time so yeah really beautiful book and um really great messages coming through in, in terms of contrast i was going to um talk a little bit about financial value today but i think i will keep that for a different day just because there's a lot in there that i want to dive into as well but um yeah feeling inspired to be back thanks so much for joining me again and i hope that this really helps you to understand more apl applicable way to think about contrast and your sense of personal choice have a beautiful day, evening, or night, wherever you are, and I will see you again. Talk to you soon. Namaste.